Yes, yes, yes. We are back on our summer schedule, as you can see. <laughs> uh, typically, we go every other week, but summer is every three weeks to accommodate for uh, children's birthdays, family trips, and bar mitzvahs. <laughs> so we uh, we're back. Uh, we also will will go through and introduce. First, we have our lovely returning guest, uh, Claudia M. Allen. Um, you, you might know her from her podcast, her many appearances, her sermons, her speeches, her uh, rallies that she conducts uh, on behalf of social um, uh, justice. But there she is, uh, the drum major of peace award winner herself, Claudia Allen, is in the building. Thanks, Wu. <laughs> <laughs> Always no glad to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Thank. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll we'll go in reverse order because we have a, a guest that's been around. One of our hosts that's been around the world in III, uh -huh. uh, <laughs> the international playboy uh, singer extraordinaire, um, chess master, has returned to the United States of America. <laughs> We're happy just to have him um, back from his many travels. Happy that he's home safe. Oh, I'm uh, happy to be getting it in again. Yes, we we missed your anger um, on the podcast. <laughs> yes, um, so welcome back. Yes, I'm still we outraged. Have, don't worry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we have Dr. John Nixon, uh, one of the hosts of uh, Just John and April, the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a Wednesday night show, a uh, live show, and then they have a weekly. Uh, podcast that they've been putting out for about two years, over two years now. So um, it's crazy. It's been that long. Yes, it's, it's going. It's going crazy. Uh, you have a lot of hours on YouTube. Uh, pass us some of that money. <laughs> 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 then uh, we have Superintendent, assist, Assistant Superintendent Gabe Madrid, back from dropping off his child at college. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! If you could see the tears in his eyes, you can. Those are real. Those are real tears. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I, I joined him in at least one or two droplets uh, coming down from my eyes. So uh, we will have Paul Nixon, of course, a virtual vice principal, joining us uh, uh, momentarily. So today's topic. So I'll say a few things. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't call attention to um, the issues that society has uh, with conversations happening on critical race theory. Uh, we were a little suppressed. Mark Zuckerberg, don't take us down when I say that. We were a little <laughs> suppressed uh, a few uh, episodes ago when we talked about it. Uh, they didn't give us the ability to uh, put it on certain places, uh, but unlikely, but you might not know this because no one has access to statistics, but me, uh, our listening audience actually made that the most listened to episode by far. Wow. So I, I don't know if it's just people who are searching critical race theory and stumbling upon a conversation, uh, but uh, it, it seems to be a lightning rod. And we were supposed to have another guest. I know people saw um, he wasn't able to come for a bunch of reasons. Uh, I guess maybe we'll talk about it. It's up to Gabe Madrid, his, uh, his point guard. So 
since he was both of our point guards. I actually didn't want him on because I heard he jumps higher than me. I usually don't like being around people that more house than me. I guess I got to get off the podcast. Even though John John is on, uh, but we got used to that. So anyway. I just want to say uh, he made both of your hops look minuscule. Wow. You told me about it the other day. I was like, wow. That's crazy. He, he, he Actually, Ricky, Ricky has pretty much. Ricky might have the most hops on 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 here on the screen, definitely on the screen. <laughs> yeah. So you know that that well, neither here nor there, it. neither here nor there. So uh, we definitely want to talk about a few things. The the topic of today's discussion was definitely around conspiracy theories um, and how it leads into CRT. Some of us who are parents are being bombarded. Um, especially at schools that are considered elite uh, with parents that are complaining that they don't want their children to be taught that uh, the history of mistreatment, maltreatment, and devastation to uh, people of all of different equities. I wouldn't just say Black people because uh, I, I think the, 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 the goal there is not just to not teach Black history, which is a major point of history, but any history that doesn't agree with the image that's being taught. So a lot of us parents are being bombarded um, by emails, surveys from these weird organizations that are very scripted and organized and trying to get uh, history expunged and taught in a way uh, that deifies um, people who are not black. So, I, I wanted to bring my experts in. That's why we, anytime we're going to talk about anything critical race theory, you might see Reverend Redlip, as we call her, in one of the corners uh, because she is. Excellent. Oh, Ricky's never heard of that. No, no, that's okay. new for me. Okay, that's a, that's a very old nickname. It she's is. moved on. She's moved on from that. Uh, and we, we wanted to get everyone to a point where we're going to talk about tonight how conspiracy theories get the capital attacked. Um, conspiracy theories have uh, have us on a resurgence of COVID nineteen now because I, I heard some young man and I, I you know I, I respect him. Um, tell me the other day that he didn't get his vaccination because he's still trying to have kids. So there's a lot of misinformation that's out there intentionally aided by certain news outlets. And we wanted to talk about all of that. So ladies, first, we'll go to our friend Claudia to talk about why is there this still, I, you know, a few months ago, I thought it was actually calming down, but it seems like we're all the way to another extreme talking mm -hmm. about um, critical race theory and why it's become the boogeyman um, and all over the media. Yeah, you know, I will be honest with you. I'm very fascinated by this argument uh, just because, you know, critical race theory is just that. It is a theory that is predominantly taught in 
graduate schools and law programs. And so the mere fact that like there are so many people that are just so afraid that their child is going to read uh, the theoretical research of Kimberly Crenshaw is like fascinating to me. Uh, so not, like, you're not teaching that in middle school? Is that what you're saying? Nah, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't see Paul uh, bringing that to his school anytime soon, John. Like right. I just, right. you know, um, so I, I, I feel like the only aspect of critical race theory that people are trying to implement at a greater scale is that of just like we was saying um how can we actually look at history from a more revisionist lens and understand that maybe the narratives that we have been telling ourselves over the last several years centuries even may not be accurate and that it might be privileging one point of view within the story. And so how can maybe we tell the story of America from the point of view of the Native Americans or tell the story of America from the point of view of the Japanese or the African Americans or the Latino Americans? How can we do that um, and still be faithful and true to who we are as a country? Uh, if anything, we feel like there's a more honest and authentic picture of America that will come as a result of that kind of storytelling and truth telling. And so that is a very, 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 very small uh, aspect of critical race theory. Like in the same way that we might say like preaching is like 5% of the job of a pastor, like truth telling is like 5% of critical race theory. Um, and so I think that really Republicans need some kind of they need they need something to blame they need something to cast doubt they need something to be upset about and i think the fact of the matter is is that when you study critical race theory you understand this this term called white fragility and so whenever you begin to actually do what we call deconstruct not just the institutions and systems, but the actual narratives that are around the supremacy or superiority of whiteness, you inevitably disrupt certain uh, status quo. And I think that, that white fragility or um, white guilt um, or just anger, frustration, rebuke, rebuttal is just a natural consequence of having these conversations. And so it's not actually, it's not shocking that they're responding the way that they're responding. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we are kind of stripping them of what they thought their truth was. So it's like, we're telling you, this is not what the civil war was about. It was about slavery. We're telling you, Jesus is not white. We're telling you the, the Confederate statues uh, that you absolutely love. They were not built in the 1800, but were built in the 1950s. So it's like, you know, like basically we're coming and saying to white people that absolutely everything that they know and understand to be a part of their culture is a lie. And so if someone were to come into your house and tell you that your mother and father were liars and everything that they set up as your childhood and, and your familial customs and traditions was a lie and not just a lie, but were detrimental to the livelihood of other people, like you would kind of go on the defensive as well. 
And I feel like that's kind of what we're seeing. And so I think that's really what all this backlash is about. It's about self-preservation. It's about protection. It's about, I don't want to be uh, ousted. Um, and I don't know how to deal with all of the, this onslaught of information that is kind of coming at me. So this is weird. Uh, you just said something just now that reminds me of something that I have experienced many times as a pastor. And I think what the way you just described it, I would I would put it this way. So throughout my ministry, there have been times when I have um, come across people who want to become a member of my church, who were formerly members of another church. And whenever we start talking about certain doctrines, oh. like it's not a problem until almost uniformly, almost every time, whenever we talked about certain doctrines that they were taught, say, by their grandmother or something like that, mm -hmm. there was always a different sort of way that they responded to it. So if we're talking about, let's say, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, why are alligators? You can why do it, alli state of the dead. Why are alligators so ornery? <laughs> Right. So basically what I'm saying, though, is there was this every time we'd get to a new doctrine, they would accept it with no problem. Hook, line and sinker. If I just showed it in the Bible, it was no problem. The moment we got to certain doctrines that were the ones that were handed down to them from family members, mm -hmm. the logical part of their brain shut off altogether. And they could no longer, like every logical thing that made sense so far, they accepted, but that one they could not accept. And I think mm -hmm. it was always because, I, I determined this later, it was always because I was, I think they were making a decision in that moment, not about whether or not the Bible is true, but whether or not my grandmother lied to me. <laughs> yes. Hooray. So it was a totally different thing. It was like a personal thing now. It was totally Absolutely. so I so I guess I can see that then from anybody's perspective, if the history you grew up hearing, the history you grew mm -hmm. up reading, the history you knew was all of a sudden being attacked, mm -hmm. I guess that makes sense why a person might respond the way that they would. But mm -hmm. my problem is once we determine that the doctrine that we're talking about can save your life, at some point, the person would usually make the decision that they should make and say, you know what? My grandmother didn't lie to me. She just she just didn't know. And or maybe even, maybe it was something she was taught the wrong way or maybe she just thought of it differently or whatever. That, then it was no problem. Once mm -hmm. we took it, once we made them realize that they were not betraying their grandmother if they decided to believe this. So- the, the the thing I'm wondering is there is there a corollary in this situation? Is there a way to convince I, I, white I, people? I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure there is, and here's why. Okay. Because what they have to say is, yes, my grandmother was a racist. Right. Okay. And yeah. that's <laughs> really hard. That's hard. That's hard. That's yeah. really hard. That's, correct. And, that's, that's and, different from she just didn't know. Right. 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 Yes. Right. Yes. Well, well, yes. Well, 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 I think the difference is that you know when you look at um, if you think back to all these genetic testing that has become popular, right? I think a lot of people are finding out that the history that they thought or was passed down from their family is not true. I, I know a lot of people who said, I thought I was, I had Native American in me and I have none, or I thought I was Irish 
and I'm not. Um, mm-hmm. And and and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow for people to realize that some people have lived 40, 50, 60 years um, thinking mm-hmm. one way and it's actually the other. Um, yeah. but, for, but, but for some reason, they feel attacked. Well, I think we have a I think we have a branding problem here. It's 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 more than it's more than 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 the 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 direction that you're teaching history from. We have a branding problem. What now now you're saying I am against critical race theory. And if you ask most people who will say that, I don't want my kids being taught critical race theory. If you ask them what critical race theory is, they could not right. define it. They, they, they would have no idea, and it's it's a branding problem. Like, like are, are are you against are you against socialism? Like, yes, I'm absolutely against it. Do you? Uh, and and if you say, do you do you want me to take away social security? Absolutely not. Let like, social is right in the name. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or so, yo, Ricky, even better. Are you remember you guys remember that period of time where everyone they were going out and they were like, Do you want the Affordable Care Act or do you want Obamacare? Yeah. And everyone was like, Oh, I can't stand care. Obamacare, Obamacare. Yeah. but the, the Affordable, Affordable Care Act, Care. that's fantastic. Oh man, <laughs> Affordable Care Act is the best thing since sliced bread. And it's like letting people know that you do realize it's the exact same plan. Like they don't actually it, it, it's it's a um it's language. Like people mm-hmm. are like drowning over the semantics. I don't, I feel like and, and like exactly saying, I don't like this term, this critical race theory term, but I don't even know what actual critical race theory is. I like, also think that it's that um, people tend to live on the poles and true. I'm not, I, I mean, you know, opposite. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, we don't, not, we don't mean not you other in poles. high school or anything like that. Yeah, or, or yeah. Wow. I'm gonna leave that one alone. I'm gonna leave that wow. one alone. Staying, I'm staying completely away from it. But that was unexpected. People, people like to live on the poles, and um, I actually think that when you look at individuals in the middle, they are willing to have a conversation. I, I know a lot of white people who are willing to have the conversation, who may have questions. Who may still like be like, yeah, but I I read this this ch- children's book that said, you know, if you're white, you're the devil, and you need to sign a contract, which is an actual book, right? And I was like, yeah, okay. So, but and then you get on the other side. There's people that live on the poles who are like, yo, you know, white people are born with tails, right? And you know, they cut them off, and they're the actual devil. Um, but I think when you get to the people in the middle, you can start having some of those conversations. So the question originally was. Can we have can white people, you know, hear this message? And in general, if we're just saying general to white people, then the answer is probably no. Uh, but when you're talking about white people individually, then yes. Um, you know, and I think that right now, um, you know, physically, none of us live at the polls. Right. None yeah. of us. Well, like I, we, I, we, I, we all live closer, you know, to the equator. None of us right. live in the North and South Poles physically, but right. in terms of our emotional and mental state, where we live on extremes, um, and so it just that, becomes that, more that's, difficult. That's because the poles are loudest. It's not. It's not because the majority live there. It's because right. they are the loudest, and they're the they and, and if twenty four hour news is a medium that needs energy, and and the and the energy comes from extremes. Right. Mm. 
So they need they need it. So they 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 broadcast the energy. They broadcast the extreme and and the 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 down the middle reasoned actual discussion is 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 it's it's left out. Yeah, and See, I, I mean, think the other thing I think the other thing that's contributing is is um, a lot of the structures in our society um, sort of force us into binary thinking. Right, it, it's either this or it's that. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, I mean, yeah, our, our whole political system—it's pretty much you're either Democrat or Republican. If you're independent, you're kind of not relevant a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So it's one or the other, and and of course, life is way more complicated than either this or that. So you know, I don't think there's any issue that's either black or white. You know, what I'm saying, okay. well, actually, I shouldn't say that. There's there's a few that are, but but in general, our te- our, our 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 society te- you know pushes us towards binary thinking, either this or that, and, and there's not a lot of space for nuance. So, so you know, if it's like, okay, so like you, like we guys talking about, you're either for um, um, the Affordable Care Act or you're not. You're either for Obamacare or you're not. Well, okay, if you say Obamacare, that means Obama. I'm not for Obama. I'm a Republican, which means I'm against that. That's binary thinking. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said Obama, that means no for me. That's binary mm-hmm. thinking. Obama's mm-hmm. a human being with a whole range of... Uh, uh, opinions. I don't agree with. Look, right. I don't agree with everything anybody says. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Literally, Any person. I don't. I don't agree with all says. the things I say. Exactly. Right. right. <laughs> and I mean, look, let's be honest. I don't agree with everything in the Bible. In, in most cases, I'm wrong, but I still don't agree. You know what I'm saying? It's like no, I don't, I don't everything anybody says. So it's right. like just the the idea of binary thinking is just very limiting. But again, we we, we are we're in that space a lot. So it's like, you know, you mentioned socialism. So somebody's like, well, do you like this particular thing? No, okay, that means you're socialist. It's really not mm. that simple. It's really right. not no. that, you know, it's not that cut and dry. <laughs> if you, if you also, ask people to define socialism, they have no idea what it, what it is. Thank you. Well, I'd like to also, oh, sorry, go ahead, Claudia. No, okay. Oh, I was just going to say first, what up, Bobby? Bobby Orr, that's my my man. Uh, from from college, we played ball together. He, he popped up here this, uh, a couple seconds ago. Um, I saw it. But I also want to say, like, Yo, we've been teaching this. Uh, again, I, I was a history teacher for 10 years, and my U.S. history classes had their, their traditional uh, textbooks, and then we also read Howard Zinn, mm. you know, people's, the, the people's history of the, of the United States. Like, this history's been here, you know, and it has actually been taught. But mm-hmm. I, was, I was teaching in Texas at a public school when I had those two books. Mm. And so I, I think but you that, didn't you didn't have the branding, right? The, yeah, the branding it, it, the branding makes a huge difference. Well, I also think that it was it was so obscure, right? That it didn't matter. It was like this one cat, you know. There's this one cat over there in that one school that's doing it, and now it's become a movement where it's like, you know what? Yeah. We definitely need to teach our children, our people, and when I say our children, our people, I'm talking about the United States. We need to teach our children, our people, real history, Mm -hmm. you know, and and we need to be able to look at individuals and say, here's some good things that they did. Right. And now let's grapple with some of the evil that they did, because that is humanity. It's even in the Bible. You know, you look at David, you look at the David and you have to you, you look at all these great things. And then you also have to grapple with the fact that he murdered Uriah slept with yeah. his wife and the yeah. only reason he murdered Uriah was because she got pregnant because right. really he just wanted to keep him, her as a side chick right. like that's, 
You just wanted her to be his marry her. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not trying to marry her. Let you right. But when she got pregnant, it was like we got to murder this cat now. Right. Like, no, right. no, no, no. She got she got pregnant, and then he was like, "Let's see if Uriah will take responsibility for the kid." Co- correct. Correct. Let's get him drunk. Right. Let's murder him. Correct. 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 So you know, I, I think that on both sides we have to do that. You know, it's very difficult for me to to talk to my kids and my students about the good Thomas Jefferson did. He was one of the most, in my heart, hated American figures, mm. right? So it's very difficult for me to then say, you know what? At the same time, yes, the Declaration of Independence is one of the great literary works. You know, like, like it's, it's difficult for me to be like, whoa, that the way, I mean, what he says there is so powerful, but it is true. It's true. You know, he's also a rapist. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, a, a slave holder and and a lot of other things mm-hmm. um and so- i think that's the beauty of what paul was getting to in when when you talk about you know non-binary right so when we can actually understand that all of humanity is an extremely complex entity and i think part of critical race theory actually works to show you the absurdity of race for exempt for existence for example oh i need to sleep <laughs> In other got, words, right? Whenever, right? <laughs> Whenever we have these conversations, we typically have this conversation around white and black, two binaries. We're talking yeah, about mm-hmm. whiteness and we're talking about blackness. But there are a host mm-hmm. of human expressions that mm-hmm. do not actually get included in that of white and black. And so when we have this conversation, typically we're not talking about the Asian American experience as being a racialized body. We're not talking about Latino or Hispanic American experiences as being racialized bodies. And when we even get within those two entities, it it funnels even more, right? So it's like, I mean, we always think about how large of a continent Africa is, but I often like to remind people how large of a continent Asia is, all right? So it's like within the Asian American experience encompasses that of Filipino, which which was conquered by Spain, mm-hmm. as well as Japan and China, as mm-hmm. well as Vietnam, as mm-hmm. well as Malaysia and India. India. <laughs> These exactly. are all Asian people. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when you have a conversation about race, the words and the terms that we have come up with are really insufficient in describing and categorizing humanity. And you only come to that knowledge and understanding through critical race theory and understanding that um, our attempt, the human attempt at labeling and understanding difference has actually not only been ineffective and insufficient, but it's also been detrimental because it has created these poles of existence that actually don't represent full people's humanity. So then you have Latinos who will mark white on census documents and not be properly documented. Mm -hmm. Then you have situations where Uh, scholars now who study Latino and Hispanic people groups as well as Asian people groups are identifying them as brown. So I was actually talking to some people this week like where I work in the sense that she is Vietnamese and she was sharing that, you know, she identifies as a brown person. And one of the black people were like, nah, you're not brown, like you're Asian. And so I had to explain like, okay, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. In critical race theory work, we're talking about 
white, brown, and black. Yellow is derogatory. Mm. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's like you don't come to this understanding unless you're doing this kind of education. Right. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of critical race theory is that it it works to destabilize uh, the binary categories that we have established that, quite frankly, are leaving millions of people left out. Mm. I really well, like I really like Asia as an example. I really do, because, like you said, it, it, it's really for us in this room. It's it's other. Right. We're none of us are Asian. So it's like, no, Paul, you, you, you believe you're Korean. I'm coming to that. Right. I was gonna say, wait, not us, yeah, not all of us. Yeah, yeah, just you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm coming to that. I'm getting ready to drop that bombshell in a second. But we, we um, but yeah, I, I like it. I like Asia as an example because we can we can talk about critical race theory without talking about black people, and that's mm -hmm. and that's often the thing that makes people whatever the word you that's, want. That's you the know, polarizing people. aspect that's of the polarizing race aspect race. of it. Yeah, yeah. So like, mm -hmm. so just really quickly, um, I spent a year in Korea. I, I really, um, um. Very, very much appreciate South Korea. Very much appreciate the culture. Had a great time there, and um, I root for South Korea and the Olympics and, and things like that. So um, against he says he States. says he says things like "We won." Yes, we meaning South Korea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go South Korea. Right. So and he's not so, doing. I'm not, I'm not. So so in in South like you know if you're in South Korea and you're talking about let's say Japan as a place or uh, Japanese people as a people. Um, this kind of a national, I shouldn't say national, I didn't meet everybody over there, but in the group I was in, there was kind of a, a group sort of disdain for Japan just because mm -hmm. of the history of the two countries. Japan takes over Korea like every 75 years. They right. just go and <laughs> cut off all their resources and, and Koreans have to learn to eat roots and stuff like that. Korean fare, Korean food is a lot of like plants and roots and stuff like that because Japan won't let them have meat for like 50 years at a time. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but... but it's close. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> painting with a super, super broad brush, Koreans don't like Japanese a lot of times, right? So, just imagine coming to the United States as a Korean and being mistaken for a Japanese person, right? Mm. Or you're you all are, Asian. there. You go, Paul. <laughs> or, or you're all Asian. I, I actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're in the same group as those people. Yeah, I, that's, I hor at, that's horrifying. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I that's worked at a board horrifying. <laughs> I worked well, at a board school just like that. I, I, I would, I would, I would counter that. The black experience in America is 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 even worse than that, right? You uh you could be from Nigeria or from Kenya, and you're all African, even though right. uh, the the countries are are five thousand miles apart from each other. Or, yeah. <laughs> or to, to, you could be from Tunisia or South Africa, and still lumped into the same category. So I think that's I think being accepted for where you're from is something that has been historically afforded to the European countries, Correct. right? People not, typically well, don't say, you know, we, we might say we have a European look on your suit, but no one is, no one comes to the United States and says, I'm European. No, I'm from London, I'm English, I'm mm -hmm. from Spain, I'm, um, I'm Danish. I'm Swedish. I'm yeah. Swedish, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. But people have taught black people from the diaspora to say, I'm from the West Indian, I'm from the Caribbean, I'm from Africa. That's mm -hmm. it, because mm -hmm. their countries aren't given the due respect of individualism. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I get where you're coming from, Paul, with the South Korea thing, but, you know, there's inter 
uh, there's inter-country strife in a lot of African nations, you know, what if you're uh, from Rwanda and you're called a Hutu instead of a Tutsi mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. That's 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 fighting words too. But 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 no one knows that much one. about no one knows that much about Africa to even know that. That's right. not going to happen. They're just going to say you're African. That's right. <laughs> right. And I was right. and I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to suggest that the Asian situation is worse than the black situation. I was no, no I would disagree with you. I, I really like I really like Claudia. That's what I'm saying. I really like Claudia's use of Asia because it, it kind of distances us from it. And lets us look at it a little bit more objectively and see mm-hmm. how that potentially could be problematic for mm-hmm. somebody else in this mm-hmm. kind of similar yeah. situation. Yeah. And I mean, part of becoming American <laughs> is the work of distancing yourself from whatever country you are immigrating from. And part of becoming white American is especially uh, just no longer affiliating with your with your individual culture and just taking on the banner of whiteness so that you really don't see white people walking around just like oh like I'm Polish and I'm proud or I'm German and I'm proud I'm Swedish and I'm proud like they really just identify as white mm-hmm. and it, it, it's uh, like I feel like we're the only people that are that feel this need um and it's a valid need just to be clear but like feel this need to like latch onto and hold on to and say, listen, I am from Cuba. Okay. Like I'm yes. from Nigeria. I'm like, I'm from somewhere else. Uh, a lot, a lot of the African-American experience it is, is about being cut off from anything that, that is pre conquering. Yeah. It, 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 anything, anything that leads to pride that doesn't have a that doesn't have its roots in subjugation, mm-hmm. like you 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 you're cut off from that. Then that's that's a that's a big part of the African American experience. So so when you can when you can have something to latch onto, like oh, nah, yeah. I'm West Indian. I yeah. like 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 that 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 that's that's a big thing, and we. We 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 gravitate towards it because, shoot, man, it's, sometimes that's all you got. Yeah, but but I mean, sometimes. I do the same thing as a black American. Like, I have no intention. I would get into like visceral arguments with people when they wanted to call me exclusively American, because technically, I genuinely have no external roots outside of this country. If you go as far back, my people are enslaved, and so like people would just be like, so. So why do you call yourself African-American? Like, just be American. And, like, I would get angry because I was like, I don't want to, like, only be identified with, like, white America. Like, you feel like, as a black American in this country, you feel like you don't have any anything to latch on to. Um, and so I, I don't feel like many people, like, get that. African-American is... Uh- African American is being being African without memory and American without privilege. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I think that's why you see uh, people who are Hispanic and can and can check off white, check off white. I think it, it's it's their taking hold of advantage, you know, or like this is currency. feeling feeling that they're part of the power. Instead of mm-hmm. part of the powerless, sure. you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think you know part of um, the political climate of today. Um, you see people giving up their 
ethnic backgrounds over and over mm-hmm. to almost vote against their own interest of their community to feel like they're a part of it. I never mm-hmm. understood when uh, Donald Trump was coming down out of Mexicans um, that other Hispanics that came in through a different port of entry other than the southern border, maybe it's Miami, were saying, yeah, close the border. <laughs> you know, close, close the border. Like, you, you, no more no more people here. Mm-hmm. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, felt, I felt like that was a plea to be part of rather than a plea, a plea to have empathy or even sympathy uh, for other people. Isn't that why, don't you think that's the main reason why we're so hated though? I think I think um, white America just wants us to want to assimilate, and yeah. we will not be broken. And it's like no matter what you do, um, we want to find a way to hold on to something that was before our bondage. And I don't think. I don't think white people understand that feeling mm. uh, and why that's so important to us. Um, and I think, I think the it's ones- It's hard for them to see that perspective. Yeah. It is, but I, but I, but I think, I think it, it, feel, it feels more like um, um, when you're trying to break someone and you're expecting that at some point it will happen. You know, we'll just keep waterboarding her or whatever it is that you do to the person. Well, you know, the interrogation tactics. At some point, they'll they'll give up the information. Um, but nothing works. And you, you kill us and everything, whatever. We come back stronger and all kind of stuff. It's like we can't break these people. So you're trying to say it's like when when uh, Drago knocked down Rocky. I mean, knocked down Rocky for the last time. And he thought it was over. He went to his corner and then Rocky exactly got like back that. up and he shook his head. You could see it in his eyes like. I think right after they says they use not to moon. He's a piece of steel. He's a piece of steel. He's an Yeah, is that what I'm saying? And here's the here's the funny thing. The funny thing is that Europeans who are here in this country now, all they have to do is look back into their own history and they'll see some similarities. With you know Irish people, for instance, yep. German, or, Irish, Ger- yeah, you know Italian, what you look at it. yes, Polish, you know the, same, the same kind of strength where they were being oppressed and they would not be. It, I think there's a, there's a human spirit there. There's something there that 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 uh, we have in common, but for some reason in this case it's so different. And it's like. Mm. When I hear people argue against things like critical race theory, that's what I hear. I hear way more than just I don't understand this. It's like everything what what what's really they're upset about is why won't you people just roll over? <laughs> why won't you people just give in? Why won't you stay down? Just assume, yeah, just stay down. You know yeah. that, that's what well, I hear with all these things because it doesn't well, make sense to me at all. All of all of all of those immigrant groups had had something had an ability that we didn't have though they had the ability to to at some point melt into the hole they had some point at some point they could just fade back and not just be not be irish there there they are now they're they're just white mm-hmm. you're not you're you're okay you're uh, your hair is really dark are you italian like oh, i'm just white 
Um, there's, <laughs> That's uh, it. There, there, there's, there, there, there was no, there was no chance of that. There, there, you're, you're not. No, I'm just American. No, no, you're yeah. black. Right. You're, you're, you're still, you're still, you're still black. You're and, black. and you can, you can, you yeah. can, you can say I'm not black. I'm OJ. All you want, like, yeah, we, <laughs> dude, we can see you. Right. <laughs> I, I actually don't think that the goal is for us to assimilate. And let me tell you why. You're the saying biggest, the goal from white people? Is that what you Yeah, mean? yeah. Okay. I, the, the biggest tool of assimilation in U.S. history was war, right? If you look after every major war, another group got accepted into the party, right? And became part uh, of the mainstream. Okay. Except for us. Right. Yeah. So, well, we, every, we, every, we, every, we all, we all thought it was going to happen. We thought it was going to happen after World War One. It didn't. We thought it was going to happen after World War Two, and it didn't. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. Look, look, we go back. We thought Civil War. We joined Civil the North. Yeah. We help you win. Right. You'll take care of us. Wrong. Right. Didn't happen there either. We we'll go. We go. We said we'll go to World War One. We'll fight. We'll, 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 you'll, we'll come back and we'll be respected. No, you guys can't march with the rest of the, the people. Uh-huh. You guys march up in Harlem. We'll march downtown, right? World War II, they, they, they uh, design a middle class where they say, you know what? Coming back, they're going to have a GI Bill. They're going to do all these things that are going to create prosperity. They're going to give land grants for people to move out west and, 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 and take all the, this, this land that that's that's being there and have all these universities again, everyone but you. So I don't know if our the goal is for us to assimilate. I think I think the goal is for us to stay in our place, which is a little different than than, than assimilate. And I think CRT, uh, if you see right. the movements that that and the voices that are coming together to fight this education, all don't want something to be perceived taken away. So I don't. I want my children to go to Harvard. There seems to be too many minorities going to Harvard, and what way can we get more white people into Harvard and 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 uh, people who are considered diverse uh, or underrepresented out? Let's go to the feeder schools where they're coming from and stop and, and stop the admissions based on race. So you know it can make it harder for them and easier for us. That's what I see. Hmm. I think that your main points are accurate. I just like to say I disagree with your war um, points. I, I I don't remember a war where um, any group, racial group, after the war was accepted. I don't. I can't remember a war where after that war, um, the the homosexuals, homosexuals were. That's the last frontier. But I, I, I think I think that if you're talking about Irish or German, then I, I'm not sure that it's war. I think it's more that uh, after your second, third generation, you begin to become more American and your kids no longer have accents. Uh, yes, they like to eat um, your your food, cultural food, but they're not eating it outside the home. They also like McDonald's. Uh, they also like fries. Um, and so as they move on generationally, uh, they do become, quote unquote, American. There is nothing that differentiates them from any other, you know, Yankee walking around the street. Um, the issue is that there are some Americans who can be eighth generation American. 
but they're definitely going to look different than what a quote unquote American looks like. Um, and that's where you see uh, the divide because uh, you, John can't, John is never going to look like his Republican friends. He's always yes. He's always gonna look like John. <laughs> I mean, do what you're saying, though, Gabriel. I, I'm, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned the LGBTQ community because I do feel like they have made more advances than Black people in this country because there are white people. Correct. In sure. their group. And so every time they like to affiliate themselves with the black struggle, um, I feel a way. This is the nicest way I could put that. I feel a way. Because um, you can walk into a room and I not know your sexual orientation. I can't walk into a room and not be a woman of color. And so because white men can be gay, are gay, the white gay male agenda has advanced significantly further than anything that the black agenda has attempted. And I've, can, I, I've seen the same for the trans conversation. I mean, uh, there have been so many um, African-American or Latino um, trans persons who have not gotten an ounce of protection, justice, or claimed to be brave in any way, shape, or form. Yet the moment that uh, Caitlyn Jenner comes out and says that she identifies in this way, now all of a sudden the trans is something that we as a country should care about and look to and teach. And now everyone has to present their pronouns at work and what yada, 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 yada. Why? Because white men are identifying with the trans community. So as long as white men have some kind of a problem or are a part of some kind of a political agenda, their agenda will always get to the forefront. And I feel like immediately, like there is a social racial hierarchy immediately underneath that of white persons is that of his, of, of Asians. It took Congress all of five days to pass a bill protecting Asians nationally from any kind of physical violence, particularly that of in relation to coronavirus. They're getting beat up in the streets and blamed for coronavirus uh, and you're Korean and somebody's yelling at you about the China virus, right? They got that bill passed in five, maybe, maybe, maybe 10 days. All right. The anti-lynching bill, as we speak right now, is still not passed. So, so, so technically, in America, it is still not a federal crime to string a black man from a tree. But if I beat a Japanese man in the streets for coronavirus, that is a federal crime. 
So, and that's so, so what critical what race saying. theory is about. Critical race theory is about identifying the disparities that exist between people groups, particularly within the law. And that is at the core of their frustration because you are basically telling them not just that their truth telling is problematic, but you are holding them accountable to actually erecting and establishing and enforcing laws that actually uh, 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 promote and protect the humanity and the dignity of persons that they have never had any intention of protecting. Wow. Well, so so basically you're saying um, they, they, they will say, you know what? Anti-Asian violence is bad. And, 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 and they say, yeah, yeah, here, here. And they, oh, the whole room speaks up and says, yeah, let's, let's, let's pass a law. And you say, you know what? Lynching is bad. And somebody's like, is it? I wouldn't say that, Ricky. I think the way it's going is everyone's in the room, rah, 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 anti Asian hate is bad. We've got to stop this. And somebody's like, absolutely, with all this energy, yo, anti lynching is bad. Yes, yes. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. But (laughs) we have some things that we've got to consider. Let's set up a committee so that we can actually research the impact of of lynching. Because if we really don't understand how lynching is affecting Black communities, then we're not really going to be able to enforce the laws that can really help you. So give us a chance. Give us a second. We're coming to that. We're coming Mm -hmm. to that in in about two minutes. I agree with you. That's so horrible. It's been horrible. (laughs) for about a hundred plus some years just give me two seconds i'm gonna get right to that (laughs) okay in 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 entertainment there's there's oh when when you go when you talk to an executive they when they don't like your idea the first thing they tell you is that they love it yeah so (laughs) so 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 you're saying um you're saying uh you know here here it is you give them the pitch and they're like love it love you but here's Here's why we're not going to do that. <laughs> mm, that's good. <laughs> but, Love but, it. But, Love but, you. But, but I think it's deeper than that. I mean, are we just not even numb now that every other day there's another black man who served 30 years in prison and they overturn his conviction and someone <laughs> lies and someone said they, did, they didn't have any evidence on him? Um, it, it happens so often now. It's almost a joke. Where yeah. there's a, someone 30 years in jail and yep. um, he wasn't even in the state at the time. They right. had no evidence <laughs> towards him. They literally just picked him out of the lineup and, and said, okay, well, someone white picked him out of the lineup. So that's him. We got it. Case closed. <laughs> so I, I, I think I'm worried about the fact that these are the injustices and inequities that we're talking about. Right. Yeah. And really, what people are trying to deal with is. They don't want us to talk about social justice anymore. So Thank Black Lives Matter comes becomes negative. And there seems to be a new moniker for a movement that's against Black people, freely speaking. Remember the Tea Party? The Tea Party was the biggest force in politics 10 years ago. Now, yeah. nobody's in the Tea Party. The Tea Party is empty. The Tea Party is over. Mm. Uh, federal deficits are at new high, we have inflation, we have everything that a tea party can be tea partying about and they're mm-hmm. nowhere to be found because they, their real agenda was there was a black president that was in charge, mm-hmm. you understand? And 
Black Lives Matter became the boogeyman yeah. three years ago, right? And then George Floyd dies. Sorry, George Floyd gets murdered. Um, yeah, thank in you. Fr in front of in front of a capacity crowd of children, adults, elderly, and and, and a host of other cops on camera uh, with seven different angles, and all of a sudden, Black Lives Matter becomes less of the the the, the beating stick. And we move on to critical race theory, where we are now. Where I don't know, I, I don't understand how we got here, but we're here. What, what and I mean, at the end of the day, we like the the George Floyd trial would not have gone the way it did if the world was not locked in their homes That's all it, at the same time watching the same, the same video and then rushed out all at the same time around the world to protest. Yeah. If there were it like I really don't feel like people get that that I pre the I preached a series on it. The 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 whole thing happening at coronavirus time though we were locked in our homes was the only reason why I got the attention it got. Only reason. You re you realize that the, the attorney general had to they they were not going to arrest anyone. Not right. a person. Yeah. <laughs> the original, not a the person. Original, the original it case was file it was that. the weeks after the protests in Berlin, protests in Paris, protests mm -hmm. in Germany, protests in London. It's like every new there was a new country almost every day where millions of people were in the streets saying Yo, y'all gotta do something about the black people situation over there in America. This is real problematic. That's when all of a sudden the attorney general and everybody in Minnesota was like, okay, now we look like idiots to the world. Mm -hmm. So we have to rectify this situation. I think that speaks to the government. I think it also, I wonder what that says. What is the commentary on us? Because I think that the inverse is also true. I don't think that if, if we were locked inside, um, if we were out free and we were able to go watch Marvel movies at the theater, uh, I wonder how many people would have gotten out in those streets. But we haven't even protested. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I, you know, uh, that yeah, I just pose that question. Like, uh, may, maybe it happened because we were, locked up, we were locked in the house. Some of us began to live a revolutionary life. Yeah, everyone's um, everyone's more brave on the internet. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But a lot, I think the, a lot of the energy, the backlash that we're seeing against um, critical race theory, against Black Lives Matter, against anything that any anything that that oh, about Black people speaking up, is re really the energy that you saw on January sixth is is really about hey, we're losing something. Uh -huh. We are losing our grip uh -huh. on this thing. But the make America great again is 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 the rallying cry of someone who 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 real who thinks that that things are things aren't going their way anymore. Uh -huh. And we need to get back to something. We need to get back to a time when think like you never like if 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 make America great again were were Barack Obama's slogan. They would have. They would be like, are you saying America's not great? Right. <laughs> Who doesn't love America? He's against American exceptionalism. Mm -hmm. But when 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 a white person says "Make America Great Again," they the everybody hears the dog whistle. They say, "Yeah, you know what? Things are changing in a way. Things are getting browner than I am comfortable with." 
Mm-hmm. And I, 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 we need to stop this. Mm-hmm. Whatever we can do. Whatever mind we can do. Mind you, the entire world is like 80% brown, but. Right. <laughs> like, you are outnumbered. Like, like just... And wasn't that on full display in the Olympics? Right. Yeah, it was. Like, like so, so, so now there used to be sports that black people you wouldn't see, right? I, I, it was not too long ago where you would be rooting, rooting from a swimmer from Suriname. Um, not that you even know where Suriname is, but <laughs> yeah. you, you, because there was nobody else uh, that looked like you and you wanted your yeah. children to see that they could swim too, right? Yeah. N- now it's there. Gymnastics was the same way. I remember when it was um, Dominique Dawes and Betty Aquino were the only uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 black people and we root hard, root hard, very hard, hard. Yeah. very hard, yeah. very hard. Now it's it's it's, it's time and and then even when you see uh, the diaspora and the performance in track and field, uh, yeah. where where it's always been dominant, but now it's kind of you know the diaspora showing up in other countries like Italy now or or uh, Italy, what the heck? Or yeah, Poland, that yeah. <laughs> so, came out of nowhere. So, so, so I heard. I heard something today. A theory about that. I, I, maybe I shouldn't share it, but it's too late now. Go ahead. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. so I was, I was listening to Tony Kornheiser, and and he or or somebody else, one of them, some maybe his guest or somebody was saying, um, there's a, a suspicion that there wasn't as much anti-doping testing going on in the Olympics this year because of of all the coronavirus testing that had to happen. I don't know if this is actually true, but some people that they didn't think would even be close to winning that won, they're saying maybe they doped and they were able to get away with it because they weren't testing as much this year. Interesting. Hmm. I just wonder, are they saying that the doping turned Italians black? Because, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I had never seen an Italian, a black Italian runner Right. And then the next thing I see is there's multiple and they're winning medals. So is, yeah, is, is, is Tony trying to make that connection? What you saw on full display is the power of colonialism. So, so when, you see the, when you see the French team running, wait, wait, all of them are black? When you see Belgium, wait. Three of the four of them are black. Okay. Um. When you see uh, when 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 you see the Netherlands, wait. Oh, but but you but you have to realize that is all colonialism. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 the fact that it's the fact that Suriname is a state in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Yes. But to that, Ricky, and I don't know if you guys like felt like this like back in the day watching the Olympics. Um. But like we was talking about, you know, like the U.S. team, the Netherlands. Britain, all these places were predominantly white. And if there were any black people participating, they were from predominantly black countries. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know about y'all, like even being American, it's like you root for Team USA for sure. But like there were a couple of times where like when Jamaica would win or like if yeah, Kenya, yeah, yeah. like when Kenya yeah. won track, right. it was like, right. yo, I see y'all out there. That's what's up. Right. Like, you know, you root for them. And I, if right. anything, I feel like what we're seeing or what we saw in this run of the Olympics is the these other countries are embracing the immigration that exists. Because yeah. they're seeing now, like, okay, mm-hmm. there's something about Kenyans 
that <laughs> they just they got this okay mm -hmm. and so if we are britain and we're setting up the british team and we have kenyan immigrants like i'm gonna need us to tap into the kenyan immigrants <laughs> for the the great I mean, britain we need team. we need to wrap them in the flag or something and uh <laughs> something you know so i feel like that's what we saw like with whether it was france or italy or Team USA. I mean, like everybody, all or, or to your point, Ricky, like all the colonizers, yes, basically like hit a light bulb and were like, let's put some of these colonies up front. <laughs> let's see what happens. But we, 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 Chad, we, we, Chad, we, come we, back, come back, Chad, 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 have a seat. I, I, I actually think that countries have realized a long time ago that the immigration to the United States was the United States advantage over everybody. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It was, think about it. It was these German engineers who immigrated to the United States uh, in the, in the mean, in, in between world war one and two that invented the nuclear bomb. Operation paperclip. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and, it, you know, had they stayed over there where they were, you know, this might be a different world if Hitler got uh, mm -hmm. hold of that, right? Yeah. So I think if you look at all of the, the CEOs from these Fortune 500 companies, the new ones, I'm talking about the Googles, all the are all ch either children of immigrants or immigrants themselves. And mm -hmm. I think the more other company countries realize that this is the strength of the U.S. and we need to make it more favorable, like I think Canada is. The joke is Canada is the, U the new United States where they have favorable immigration policies um, and they're attracting people from all over the world, the best and the brightest to come to these schools. And after school, we're going to give you um, working permits to not leave and go back. And you can stay here oh, wow. and, and have our our our. our free healthcare and bring your families and they can do all that is becoming more of incentive for immigrants to come there. And while we're over here fighting about, we don't want our children to know that we chained slaves together and threw them over the boat. Um, and so they drowned or that we were uh, not allowing black people to live in your neighborhood up to 15 years ago. Or the fact that um, that there's just been less than thirty black CEOs of Fortune 500 companies combined ever. Um, all these things people are always trying to hide, and it's 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 going to become more of an albatross around everyone's neck as we try to move forward as this beacon of light that everyone around the world is supposed to come to and run to. Wow. Yeah. It's a good point. It's, it's, it's a lot of a lot of times it's there is there there's there's a movie called um uh the man who shot Liberty Valance, um and it is it's a it's a western and the I I, I won't go into why the the won't go into the plot but the but the key is when the legend becomes fact print the legend. Mm. And and so what we've been doing is printing our legends as fact for so long, and we and we and we love them so much that 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 now now that you're now that you're saying wait wait uh, 
the founding fathers didn't walk on water? What? No, yes, they did. Like, like so, so they, Thomas Jefferson was a what? You're calling him a Rick? I, uh, and they and they're what they're what they're they're not even defending the person they're defending their childhood they're not mm-hmm. even defending they're they're not even defending they're not even defending that statue they're defending where they're from mm-hmm. like the picture like they took in front of it yes they, they, they're they're yeah they're defending that they're they're defending that tri- their 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 plantation wedding and their wedding photos they're not defending. The institution of slavery that 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 plantation wedding glorified, mm-hmm. or where their family fortune came from. Exactly. But every- I was I was I was reading I was reading just this morning in um, Exodus, the book of Exodus in the Bible, um, after um, the Israelites leave and and then Pharaoh's whole army is drowned in the Red Sea. Reading in the, in the notes in my study Bible, and it talks about how there's no records of the story that they just told. About mm. ex- about the Exodus, and the reason there's no records is because Egyptian pharaohs, uh, the, the Egyptian society at the time, would destroy all records of losses they had in battle. Mm. Wow. So anytime they lost, they would just destroy all the records. Mm. So I think wow. we do something similar. We 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 uphold our victories and we 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 glorify our our, our captains of industry, but then we kind of we erase or we delete the, the the losses in their lives, the negative parts of their lives, and we're like, this person is just this one thing and not this other thing. That's binary thinking, right? So back to my original point from like an hour ago, it's like we <laughs> wow. we we, uh, we we think of people in this very one like they're this one thing, and we can't handle it when somebody says Martin Luther King might have had mistresses. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? He I don't think they say might. Was, well, I mean, yeah, was a, was a womanizer. So we, we can't, we can't handle it. Okay, how is that's not possible? Because look right. at his, look at his record. That's not possible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. again, look at David. David's mm-hmm. one of the worst people ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you just look at the bad stuff, he's one of the worst people right. that ever lived. Right. But but people are more complicated than that. It's it's more mm-hmm. it's more than that. So I think it's important. I think that I guess back to one of the earlier points, just the idea of, of telling the whole history and seeing the that's story. That's really good, Paul. Round. You know, as you were saying, you know it the thought that came to my mind is that, you know, like social media and this idea of preventing, presenting your best self is a very American oh, concept. Absolutely. It is. And oh, absolutely. If, if yeah. you think about. Yeah. We do it every day on social media, do <laughs> social media and how other yeah. countries do social media, but even in thinking about how, um, if you compare American history with oppression and justice and race to Germany, right? Like, Germany has done a very like front facing reckoning with Hitler in the sense that like you can't go to the country of Germany and somebody not tell you about what Hitler did and how problematic they feel that whole thing was. Mm. They have many a statues erected about Jews. They can take you to every single concentration camp. They've got plaques. Everything is all over the place. And they're constantly telling you, this was a problem. This was horrendous. This this will never happen again. And I, I can't remember what the saying is, but like they have a saying in Germany that's like, hey, we'll never forget this and we will never repeat this sin. And it's, America it's, it's, has it's not never that. done that. Never. America doesn't think, America still doesn't think it's a sin. America hasn't even done that for January 6th, which was on TV. So, you know, and, and everybody knows me as a, a big, you know, uh, 
USA guy. But oh. I, I, I think I what? Think else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I, I, I think I think January six changed a lot for me personally because I yeah. I never thought I'd see a day where you know even a, a Republican would take such a political stand and say you know what let's forget about that and move on. No, somebody Absolutely. just urinated and peed uh, in, 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 the, in the lobby of Congress. Um, somebody just beat a police officer to death, with, right? With his own, with his own baton. Right. Um, <laughs> like, you know, did we even talk about how they climbed the wall? Like, the, I, like that's like I just can't. Like, I really couldn't deal with that. I was at my house, like sitting, just like wait. Are they climbing? What are they doing? I was wondering when the shots were going to ring out. I knew, I knew that, I knew that any moment they were going to, there was going to be live rounds, fired down range. I knew it, and it never happened. And and the whole thing is, yeah, let's let's not talk about that. What what? And the people that are saying that were hiding and cowering, fearing for for their their lives. lives. Those same people that were fearing for their lives were like, it wasn't that bad, was it? Yes, it was. It absolutely was. And it was on television. So were they, were, so they, were they really hiding? Were they really cowering? They yeah. were on camera. You know, you, you know what? Every, everyone's afraid of the mob. You know, and, and when and, and, and you, if you think back to lynching, uh, you would take the conversation full circle. Part of the reason why people joined the lynching mob and cut off fingers and held it up to the camera and smiled is because people were afraid to go against the mob, right? Yeah. So I think when you're in that galley, you don't know what to expect, and you are mm-hmm. cowering. And when you have the vice president of the United States being hauled into a, a bunker, even though there's snipers on the roof of any building that he's in and no one's firing, I would have been confused. Yo, the, the the crowd the crowd was audibly chanting "Hang Mike Pence, Hang Mike Pence," and this man was like, "Yeah, they did no, nah, it didn't happen. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that Yo, bad." there there are. I was I was listening on NPR the other day. There are I think the number is four now. Uh, police officers from D.C. who have committed suicide since January sixth. Whoa! So, people, so officers who 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 responded to the scene. It's wow. over now. Later, they can't deal with what happened or whatever, and they've four of them have committed suicide. Wow! So I'm just, I'm just saying. Wow. What I'm saying is the the conditions of the capital were real. They're bad. That was bad. Yeah, yeah. That was bad. You have people. Yeah. You have people wow. who are trained to do this who later can't deal with what happened. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's that is terrible. That's horrible. So it's like you know you compare it to, and I've never served in, in a police. I've never been a police officer or served in the military, but but that's what they're comparing it to. They're comparing it to the kind of PTSD that, mm. that um, military people got. That, yeah. that people, that, you know, people who serve in war, they come home, and obviously we know about we know about that. It's well documented. A PTSD for those wow. for those people who who serve their country in that way. But we have police officers who were undergoing something something similar from January 6th, just to talk about the, the nature of the event, right? The kinds mm-hmm. of conditions they were dealing with at the time. And at the same time, people are saying, oh, it wasn't that bad. So mm-hmm. I'm like, nobody, nobody's saying it wasn't that bad about the Vietnam War right. or Korea or <laughs> World War II. That doesn't happen. Nobody's saying, oh, right. just war. Or 9-11. 9-11, right. yeah. Right. Nobody said, nobody's yeah. saying that. But they're saying that about right. the capital, about the capital, right? So it's like... Yeah. Well, they right. say it's not this bad about anything black. They say it's not that, it wasn't, well, it's not that bad. Right. Well, well, what, I think what Claudia was saying was saying earlier about um about 
a, the reckoning that 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 Germany and Japan, for instance, have gone through with their with their deepest their, their darkest sins that were exposed from in front of the world. America never wants to take its medicine. It never does. So, that, so when 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 America has a chance and opportunity to say, "Look, you know what? We've 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 done this. Let's deal with it. Let's talk about it, and let's go in a different direction." Invariably, America glosses over it and says, "Let's never talk about it, and let's act like it never happened." So, so let's not let's not make the South feel too bad about slavery. So. So let's let's roll back everything that happened after the after the Civil War. Let's let's not make let's not make anyone anyone feel anyone feel bad about the about lynching. So let's not make it a federal crime. Let's not make yeah. anyone feel feel bad. We just don't want to feel bad. Right. We don't want to take our medicine. Yeah. I think some of that has to do so quick story. Um I played on a team, I played on many teams, but I played on a team where What's the best team you played on ever. Sorry, mm-hmm. I should I, I shouldn't put you yeah, on the spot. Ninety four ninety five um that's like you're saying <laughs> by far. He'll say it. Uh, so so I played on this team in which uh the coach promoted an open and honest culture where if you made a mistake you had to you had to really say that in front of your teammates, right? You were dogging it on a play. Uh, you you weren't working hard in practice. Whatever it may be, you had to, you, as a group, we got together and you had to, you had to confess, right? I'm sorry, this is, I was dogging it. Um, whether you were the towel boy, right? The statistician, uh, the bench guy, the starter, the star. It didn't matter. Um, and then there was this one time where the coach, even assistant coaches, right? There was a time where the coach truly just violated team rules, right? Rules that were set up by the community. Um, and he didn't, con- he didn't do the same thing. And when he didn't do it, when he just kind of glossed over and, and said, hey, you know what? We're moving forward. We're glossing over this, and let's just let's start. Let's just get out there and let's practice, right? There was no one who could stand up and say, "Nah, dog, like you, you need to do what we've all done," because he was the one with the most power. So I know that we kind of we talk about Germany and we applaud Germany for their uh, attempts to to uh, discuss their true history. Um, even though, you know, for a long time, Germans uh, didn't. They they denied that there was a Holocaust, right? I mean, my mom was in Germany in the late 70s. You were and, born in Germany. Correct. And wow. they were deniers, right? But they have, they have now. But um, I think that occurred in part because the big dog required them to do so. The head coach required Germany to do so. The biggest superpower in the world required them to do so. The same thing with Japan. Japan was not. Japan wasn't going around saying, "You know what, Korea, our bad." Like, our yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, China, That's our bad. Us. You know, you know, we know all yes. of your movies, all all of your kung fu movies. The Japanese guy is the bad guy. We know right. why. We know what right. we did to you, right? right. 
they, they didn't do that unless they were required by a bigger power, mm-hmm. right? And that was the United States. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that part of the reason why we don't see the United States do that, there are a lot of reasons. There's nobody bigger than us. We have to do it. Right, privilege and all this is, is that there is no other superpower on this earth to require the United States to say, you don't do it, then militarily we don't support you. Sanctions can happen. Yeah, 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 sure. there's, no, there's no trade. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, there's no trade. We, we, you know what? I mean, we can invade you at any time. We right. do what we want to do. There's no superpower to hold that over, the big stick, really? over the United States. The mm-hmm. only power to, that can do that is God. Right. Which, which will happen. Coming. Yeah. Very yes. Soon. Which shall happen. Yes. Yeah. So, so Gabe. So you're saying you're saying you did not speak up and say to your coach, "Yo, man, you've been making us do this. Why aren't you doing it?" Because um, it wouldn't have mattered. So yeah, correct. It wouldn't have mattered because the the he would do that to others, so he can hold other people accountable. But even though there was this supposed. Uh, open and honest and and team culture. Truly, what it was was a dictator. That's right, making mm-hmm. you do something. Saying to others, you need to reach us. You need to be held to a standard. Mm-hmm. But my, myself, I do not need to mm-hmm. live well, by that standard. Well, that 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 tends that that tends to fracture. It it, it fractures your as a as a superpower or as the person in authority it fractures your moral high ground when you when you don't do it for yourself and everybody knows it and so 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 america is having trouble saying hey your your human rights abuses in this area and that 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 area are are are, are egregious you need to um you need to tighten up Whatever country it is, right. where they're they're saying, uh, "Yo, I mean, you you keep killing your black people, dog." Right. right. I mean, we heard Literally. we heard we Fidel Castro credibility worldwide. Right. Yeah, we heard Fidel Castro say that uh, back in the sixties. You want to talk about me, but look what you're doing. We hear North Korea say it. We hear uh, countries in the Middle East continue to say in the UN all the time. And, you know, uh, to John's point, it will happen. Yes, you know, it's going to happen at some point. But also we know, uh, Ricky, what you're saying, it creates, it creates factions and division within inside your, your empire, right? And we know a very smart man, and this is not a direct quote, but we know, paraphrasing, a very smart man said that, you know, before empires are destroyed from without, they are first destroyed from within, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, you know, and that, that is something that, that we're seeing more and more, the United States continues to lose moral influence over the world uh, because yes. the world sees what, well, what we well, do. When George Floyd was murdered, you know, other countries in the world bound together and took the United States to the the UN. Yep. Mm. <laughs> right. For again, so this this happened in the sixties. It happened, I believe, it happened in the nineties also, um, and but it happened again. Uh, mm-hmm. But we had a president who didn't care about the UN, so he could care less about what happened at that point. <laughs> we, 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 because America doesn't like to remember, and America is not a country that embraces history, history truth telling. It, it as is the theme of this um this this talk. Because America doesn't like to remember, we think that our leadership, our 
headship in terms of the world stage is a birthright. Not only is it not only is it not a birthright, it's not even that old. Right. It, it's not even it, it it hasn't it hasn't even we have we haven't been out front. It it used to be Great Britain. Yeah. Back, back it, we we were not we we were dragged kicking and screaming into into World War II. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it our our so it is that that is something that has been bequeathed to us by because of what has happened, what has transpired in our military might and all of that. But it is it 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 is not something that has to stay because it hasn't always been. Ask Great Britain; they used to rule mm-hmm. the world. Seas would rise when they gave the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I mean, even to, um, I think Gabriel was speaking about this earlier, talking about, you know, many of our founding documents. Like when you read our founding documents, you learn that we deeply believe in manifest destiny. Like uh, America as a country is rooted in the idea that we are divinely chosen to be a supreme and superior nation throughout the world. Correct. Um, and out so, of the land, out of the land, we shall come. Uh, yeah, and so the notion, Ricky, <laughs> that America could be inferior to any other country is like it's not Less an option. It, it, in no, it doesn't matter how many charts you can bring them. You can show them that America is number like. 27 in education and number 500 in the economy and number like 32 in healthcare. Like it really, you can show them numerically that they are not at the top anywhere in anything. And just say you you measured it in the metric system. That doesn't count. (laughs) No, we, they don't get it because we're so low on the mathematic, uh, Charts as exactly. well. We can't actually read the charts that are telling us. <laughs> we have no idea. We're like, yeah, wait. The bottom is what is is good. Thirty two is better than one. Absolutely. <laughs> if we were playing basketball and I had thirty two points and you had one, you had a better game. USA, <laughs> right? And they just shout you down, right? It's like, who has the coolest military? Who has my, wait, no, who has Michael Jackson? Who has Michael Jackson? Yep. LeBron James is American. Who, who has Michael Jordan? Who has LeBron James? You start yep. calling out celebrities and it's like, we are a, it's like we genuinely believe that we are a superior entity in mm-hmm. spite of, purely because of the celebrities that And you have. start calling out celebrity black people. <laughs> Hilarious! <laughs> shout out, shout out to Kanye, by the way. Could, oh could, 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 Kanye, could you drop both of the albums, please? Right. Please. Oh. Drop the you albums, Kanye. Drop both of them, please. Drop them both. He'll drop it. You know, he did it. You know, it, it, just not at the Mercedes Benz shop. He'll drop it. You know, maybe at the uh, Lamborghini shop this time $100 chicken tenders well well, with with that said uh, we'll start to shut down every week Uh, fans of the show will recognize that we ask one question Uh, this week the question uh, 
should 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 bring a smile to John Nixon's face. Uh, this is his because by the, the the time we have our next episode, it, it should be around his birthday. So we'll do a pre-birthday oh, celebration. Yay. So if you could be one Republican, who would it be? <laughs> just, John John can just be himself. <laughs> so the question today, let's start with Gabe. If you could be one Republican in history, uh, who would it be? One? Okay, I get to go first. This is actually one of the times where it's good to go on first. Right. Before I do that, though, shout out. Shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss you, miss you, miss you. Um, so man, we, should, uh, we, should, we, should, we should have talked about that today for a second, man. I would have cried. I actually would have cried. Off you wouldn't have cried. I, not, not her specifically, just just the oh, experience the of dropping your firstborn off of college. Oh, I would have cried. What about, what about, I, what about our experience going to college and, and the, the, this new generation? Oh, I will talk about that difference all day long. Most definitely. We should have done my that. Parents, my dad put me on a bus. Excuse me. He didn't put me on. He dropped me off at the bus station. Yep. <laughs> I didn't even fly. Yeah. So 20, 20 hours, whatever it was on Greyhound. I didn't I didn't think anything was wrong with that. That was great. <laughs> there were, there were, I don't I don't know if you re, do you remember at the time, of course John remembers, but there was actually a question whether John was actually gonna go to Oakwood. Right. For a few weeks really? he was gonna go to CUC. I wasn't, I wasn't sure because at the time. because I couldn't afford there were some things that happened, uh, 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 a set of circumstances that made it so that about three weeks before it was time to go to Oakwood, my father didn't have enough money to send me. And that's with a 70% pastoral yeah. discount. Yeah. Right. So so it, tur- it turns out my Uncle Phil, who's passed away now, he he was uh, he had a, a hookup where I could work um, housekeeping, basically cleaning bathrooms. Nice. And I would get paid room and board for that. And then I had an uncle who worked for UNCF, Uncle Billy, Billy Allen, who got me a scholarship to allow me to get into school with no problem. I mean, that's the only way. Wow. I literally had to like scramble at the last second. So I, I couldn't fly because my dad couldn't afford to fly me. You know what I'm saying? I had to take, take a bus. bus. Like $20. Damn. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, and so he used to have a little bathroom with a hood. Bus or you can, like a you can fly or you can have bedding. You pick one. You yeah. So fast forward. Or do you want to fly? <laughs> right. Exactly. Fast forward, you know, 20 plus years and my daughter's dorm room uh, is better decorated than my room in my house, which is actually mine, in which Agreed. I pay a mortgage. So <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I saw the photos. I was like, "Who's I saw her it too. I was like, right. "Who's her roommate?" <laughs> like she, no she has no. Yeah, she has no roommate. Those are both her beds. Oh, both of her walls. She has a double. Oh, that wow. so, so the side with the with the with the uh, records is hers. That wasn't her roommate side. No, that's her side. It's called the soul wall. And it has like Aretha Franklin hey, and Miles hey, Davis hey, hey. records. That was the best decorated room I've ever seen in my life. I was like, yeah. she got a dope roommate. No, that was it's all Ariel and K. That's all Ariel and K. I walked in there. I was like, this room is better than any room in my house. What's going on here? I went to school with four cinder block walls, a bunk bed with a, a, a sheet, a blanket, yeah. and a pillow. And that was uh, it. Yeah. Make yeah. it happen, boy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. And and uh and she had she also had a little help from her aunt Jessica, who I don't know if she's watching today. She definitely watches, but uh I don't know if she's on there, but she was commenting earlier. I don't know if oh, she's but uh so my, my answer I, I'll say I'll oh. say that uh salute to my niece for getting a full scholarship, something full. that none of us did. When no, I say not, full, not she, she's not paying a dime to go yeah, to school. Yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, none of us was able to pull that off. So salute to my niece. Uh, down in Huntsville, 
Very uh, proud of you, Ario. Yes. Um, whoa, Ricky disappeared. But so Republican. Um, man, I have two, and I, I, I don't know who I'm going to go with, but I'm, I'm going to go with the easy one and see if anyone else picks the other guy I'm talking about. And if none of you do, I'm just going to shout out his name at the end. Uh, so I'm going with Abraham Lincoln. Um, okay. I think he is another example um, of an individual who is either uh, glorified and deified or demonized. Uh, and I think that when you look at truly, when you look at history, you see a man who, uh, like a lot of other great men in this world, uh, struggled with conflicting philosophies and ideas within his uh, within his mind, uh, and a person who continually tried to challenge his his, his mindset and his philosophy, and uh, you know at the end did what was right for the nation, even if he had to be strategic or it took him a little bit to get there. Uh, so I'm going to go with Abraham Lincoln, who I can see is very much like a, a, a David figure um, or, or a Malcolm X figure, those type of individuals. So mm -hmm. it's a good answer. It's a good answer. We'll go in uh, clockwise. So um, Ms. Ms. Claudia M. Allen, please, for, for the win. <laughs> I'm going to say Liz Cheney. Ooh, okay. This is bold. Okay. I'm going to say Liz Cheney because right now I have the utmost respect for her in the way that she has just so boldly kind of stood against her entire party, mm -hmm. um, particularly in response to what happened on January 6th. And, um, any any woman that is willing to, you know, hold the line that hard um, in defense of democracy, in defense of the Constitution, and in, in defense of, of what America is supposed to be, to the point of being ousted by her entire party and basically, like, not even caring. Like, she really is, like... She's she doesn't regret anything. She's not begging them to take her back. Like she really is just like you guys are a lost cause. And um yeah, so I would I would be Liz Cheney. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's really good. John well, that's not who I was gonna say. So the three of you, you guys, hopefully you say this guy, because if you don't, it's disrespectful. Who, John as our favorite Republican? Well, no, no. We already know that John is our favorite Republican, but right. it's a different guy. Different guy. Um, clockwise, yeah. So my turn. So um, I have an answer. I'm going to preface this answer by saying my reason is not deep. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. I'm going with George W. Bush. <laughs> the I'm not gonna lie, Paul. I thought about him. Why do you <laughs> want GW? Listen, George W. Bush is enjoying himself. Very true. Very Whatever true. that dude is doing, he is having a ball. Okay? He's doing like this too. Yeah. That dude is having so much fun. So, if I had to be a Republican, I would. I would pick. I'd go with W. Um, Ricky just texted me his answer, so I'll give you his answer. What happened to him? He got booted. His internet went down. Oh, so uh, I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were going to say W because he dodged that shoe when nice. he was overseas. Remember that, that, that was yeah. agility. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah. pop back to him. He's like, don't. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's another good reason. And also, he's he's he, they're friends with the Obamas. I mean, who wouldn't want to be friends with the Obamas? That is true. Oh, so, listen, him and Michelle's w. relationship with this candy is yeah, it's hilarious. Right. It's hilarious. hilarious to me. Um, so Ricky said he would be. Um, he said Colin Powell. I tend to call him semi-Colin Powell. But anyway, Colin Powell is Ricky's answer. <laughs> Semi-Colin Powell. <laughs> Colin Powell. He didn't tell, he didn't say why. So another good I, forgot that's a good I forgot about yeah. Colin. That's a good that's name. A good yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Good I was I was yeah. gonna take that, but I, I have more. Hey, still, 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 we're still waiting for the other answer. I mean, my answer is obvious. John, John Nixon? Nixon? <laughs> no, Rich, Richard, Richard Nixon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Tricky, Tricky, Simply for the name. Please tell me like you're joking. Of course you're not joking. We're talking about Claudia. Okay. okay. I don't, all, listen, Claudia, John, Claudia, I was... Claudia, Claudia, I'm not Republican. That's the funniest joke. That's the funniest joke. I'm just like, please don't make me run down your list of all the sins of Richard. (laughs) I actually have friends who who don't know John, but listen to me. We'll be like, yo, that Republican. Yeah, they're like, so John really is a Republican, huh? And I'm like, no, he's not a Republican. It's a joke. It's a joke. He's a rhino. He's registered as a Republican, but he hasn't. I'm not registered as a Republican. I'm registered independent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a believe me. <laughs> okay, I, so basically, I need the backstory for why John, why, why the joke at, at a later date. Just yeah, FYI, yeah. guys. Egu just picked uh, up. No, that's no, not what there's, there's, Yeah, there's, there's, there's an actual offline. Reason. I think offline yeah. we should tell there's, the reason. There's, there's an actual reason. Yeah. <laughs> um. So seriously, I, I, I don't have any other person. Oh, Richard Nixon. Yeah, Richard Nixon is my answer. But it's only because, you know, people always assume that we're related. When I say my name is John Nixon, oh, like, Rick the president? Like, yeah, 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 it's my uncle. Nice. I hate you so much. So, Edward, <laughs> it comes down to you, man, because no one said it. And I, I, I'm putting a lot of trust in you because I think you should you should say this this person's name. My my my, my first response is Ben Carson because... <laughs> He is not only a great neurosurgeon and a churchly uh, person, but he's also the greatest sellout that we've ever seen. So you have to give credit, credit to his greatness, regardless of where it is. Um, wow. So, Even salute, negative greatness. Salute, salute to him. On that, wow. uh, my my favorite Republican is Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. Okay, as a as a as a yep. as a Republican, as he almost had to be during the time, uh, because he was victimized by the Dixiecrats mm-hmm. uh, in the South. Um, um, the respect he was is, for yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He was Martin Luther King Jr. The Republican. Uh, See, uh-huh. your history just got re- uh, revised there, Claudia. Just, re- just now. You, <laughs> you, you, look, you look like those white Southerners that just found out that uh, lynching actually occurred. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel, Gabe. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm shook it. He said, yeah. Martin Luther King. I said, we're picking what? Republicans, Will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah things, things were different back then. Actually, that was the turning how? point. I'm sure he wouldn't have been a Republican had no. he survived the 60s, um, right. especially uh, what happened directly after that. But 
John McCain, man. It was John McCain. That's who I was. That's who you, uh, yeah, John McCain's oh, a good answer too. John and, McCain is a great. That's a good name. And the reason I, why I, I say John McCain, look, the reason why I say John McCain is because Barack won that election on his own merit, about ninety percent of it. Uh, yeah. But I believe that ten percent of his win came from the fact that John McCain, in public multiple times, would would shun and 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 fight back with individuals who want to say he's a Muslim or he's, he was yeah, born out of, he's a terrible, he would say, no, he's a good man. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have that type of campaign. We're not going to mm-hmm. do that. Uh, so yeah. I, I would have John McCain, John McCain would also call the Republican party regularly. Oh, all the anytime, time. Yeah. anytime that he felt like there was something that was not true to their real standards, values, whatever. He wasn't playing that political game like that. That's, right. that's, that's actually a good answer. So that was the John. So when you said John, if I, if I, if I had not, if, if I if I had not uh, been joking around, I would have actually thought of it. Then. Yeah, yeah. Had he lived, I, I thought, had he, lived, lived he would have voted to impeach uh, Trump twice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I and I actually thought John was going to pick John McCain because. He voted for him in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, you can't say these things. Like this. I, my first inclination is to believe you. In the, no, in the, no, he, he definitely he voted for him in the primary. I didn't think he voted for him. That's a fact. You know, another, another name we left out, uh, Frederick Douglass, would be a good. It's very good true. Yep. Very true. Yep. He was Republican. Yes, very he true. Was. I'm surprised Gabe didn't go with him. Gabe, yeah, Gabe, Gabe is a Douglas guy. I am a Douglas yeah. guy. Wow, he would have been on my starting team of Republicans. Mm-hmm. Oh, for <laughs> sure. oh, for yeah, sure. my he's a power forward. Yeah, that's a good power. That's a good power forward. Yeah, 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 tough, tough nosed, boxing yeah. out, rebounds, yeah. Yeah. putbacks. <laughs> oh, yes, don't come through my lane. Well, as oh, always, yeah. we thank everyone. Thanks to our special guests for coming back, Claudia M. Allen. You know where to find her at her website, Claudia M. Allen. Is it .com? Yes. Yes. You can find her for her latest speaking engagement, wherever she is, um, getting paid that honorarium. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. Oftentimes from that seat which she's sitting in, which we call the seat of cash, the golden <laughs> We're thankful to our, our our brother Ricky Ricky Court for coming back from overseas just to record this podcast. Yeah, uh, yes, just sir. To, you know, uh, he just was singing with Gladys Knight. Glad to feel that he uh, treats us with the same reverence as a legend in that regard. Ricky uh, is are, a pimp. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. he's an international supermodel. I don't know. Yeah, he's a pimp all the time, but it's he's a, a joke. Yeah, he's a pimp now. Mm. He was a. Pit, uh, what a any, any yeah, right. uh huh. Don't there. So, so anyway, um, thanks everybody for coming out. Well, to the Boy Bishop podcast, we'll never lead you wrong, we'll always leave you strong, or, or the other way around. It's late. Uh, the Boy Bishop podcast, and we're out of here. Peace.